1: Hello,
0: everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second of our weekly free shows here on Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm the host, and I'm joined this week by one of our regular guests, Mr. Alex Staff.
1: Hi David, how are you doing?
0: I am good my friend, I am good. Let's start then with, uh, before we get to the preview obviously of Sunday's match against Hamilton, uh, let's start with the big news of the week which was the announcement that James Tavernier has signed a new three and a half year deal with Rangers which uh, in real terms in terms of extension works out about a two year deal because he was out of contract summer 2019 but good news in your eyes? Very
1: good news yeah, he's improved quite a bit this season in my opinion to be probably become first name in the team sheet really and yeah very very happy that he's that he's happy to stay as well that's a good sign you know there's no way he wouldn't have had options it's a good sign that he sees something here beyond just a wage which he would have been able to match down south it's just worth staying for
0: he spoke today it's interesting you before we come to We will get into that, about what it says about him. But he spoke at today's press conference, which is available on Rangers' YouTube channel and RTV, for, for those of you who want to go and check it out. But he spoke about how he feels that his partnership with Daniel Kandias has played a big part in his improvement this season. Now, this is something you've often spoken about on here, Alex, which is that things on a football park don't happen in isolation. And I suppose in its most simplistic term, it's a case of well you know you play with better players you be, you you can look like a better player but in this case i think there's a very specific thing which is for a guy who was quite often asked to get up the park and then very little went in behind him or helped him out on his wing and he did, he did make a lot of mistakes and i think we all know you know what what we'll call the kind of time castle syndrome uh, of yeah. his back post coverage but i think that he feels and I would maybe tend to agree that playing with someone with a work rate of Daniel Kandias and someone he knows is going to be a regular starter and will track back and will cover in for him when he goes forward and has the pace to help him out has maybe given him a bit more confidence and also I think and one of the things I've noticed is he's getting better at knowing when to go and when not to Yeah and that does come from you know who's
1: playing next to you who's Trust. playing in front of you um, it, 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 if you think back even even the championship season the the right wing position seemed to be one where we tried out a lot of players, we struggled a little bit to find, you know Barry McKay was pretty much the first choice wide left but wide right sometimes him would be there, we signed O'Hara and tried to play him there, we had Forrester there, mm. you know um, it seemed to be one of those positions that we never quite settled in and, and I remember in the past it was the same way Sasa Papac, um, where he would be consistently the guy wide left and be changing nigh on, week on week. Um, and sometimes Papach would take a bit of criticism for his performances, but it's not easy when you don't really get into a rhythm with the guy in front of you, and that's what he's got with Candice. He knows when he can go because he knows that Candice has got the work great, the pace and the energy to cover for him if, you know, if things don't work out. How many times have we seen him this season? Pretty much in the opposition six box waiting for a cross, you yeah. know. Um he's he's definitely playing with a lot more confidence and that comes not just personally but from your teammates as well.
0: Now Graham Murray spoke about his leadership qualities and said obviously gave him the armband on Sunday um, for the match against there Um but he says that you know Tav likes a laugh and a joke in the dressing room but he's also a serious guy and he knows when to to be serious and when to get down to business. And I've spoken about I don't really like the captain's armband being passed around, I, I would prefer it be given to someone who has leadership qualities but also is going to play every week. I get the club captain thing, but no matter whether or not people say well in Europe they do this and that, and I'm a great one for saying well in Europe they do this or that and trying to import it to a game, but I think that saying they don't treat it seriously over there, it, it is fair enough, but here we do and it is invested with some some significance and I would say that when Lee Wallace isn't going to play or can't play rather then Tav to me is a guy who is regularly going to play who's committed to the club clearly uh, has a good relationship with the fans and clearly the other players respect to me he's vice-captain material for the obvious reason that when your captain's not there more often than not he is going to be
1: yeah I would agree actually because Jason Holt is probably in the team in the main, and I don't mean to play down his performances, but he's probably in the team in the main because of the amount of injuries in midfield. You know, that got him back in, and, and he's worked hard and, and done his job there, and he's had the armband for a couple of games before that. And Bruno Alves isn't, you know, regular in terms of his fitness at the moment, so that sort of rules him out. Um, Danny Wilson's away. He, was, he seemed to be the one stepping up. So, so, yeah, Tabs, one of those players, there's not too many at the moment, um, but we can rely on for fitness. He, he does very rarely gets injured, um, and he's got the ability to have absolutely nailed that position as his own. He's been here for about a while now, and the players do seem to like him. So I, I think you're right. He'd be a good choice for that. Uh, I can understand why he was given a hope and I can understand you know he's, he's suspended for Sunday, so he, he didn't play last weekend with that in mind. But I, I, I would probably you know given the Choice, it's, it's probably kind of a bit too late for this now, but I'd probably gave it a tag
0: overhaul in the first place. I, I would have, yeah. Um, I think maybe that you could argue that well, until he'd signed a new deal, there the, the wasn't that level of commitment. But I just think that your captain should be someone who who does have good leadership skills because I think it is important on a field, even just from the approaching the referee point of view, you need someone you can trust to do that and someone who's calm. Um, and someone who can because you know, how often do you see it's the captain who approaches the referee, maybe to question certain decisions and whatnot. And referees will accept that in a way that they probably won't if it's randoms coming up to them. Um, and I just think that, you know, we've tried so many different guys with the armband this year. Just settle on if Lee Wallace is fit, it's him, great. He's the club captain, we get that. And if he's not, it needs to be someone I think who is going to play, and Tav is going to play if he's fit. So for me, yeah, it makes it makes sense. And I agree. With you, I think I would have given him a ahead of hope, but he's got it now. Hopefully, he'll retain it till Lee Wallace comes back, which we were told. Interestingly, Alex, he'll be assessed on Monday, and uh, the signs are that that he'll be back soon, uh, sooner rather than later. Both him and uh, uh, Bruno Alves, although news did break today. That uh, Jordan Rossiter has suffered another knock. He picked up an ankle injury in a match, and Graham Motty was at points, uh, pains to point that out. That he he received a kick during a match, and it's it's caused him an injury. But obviously, that has set off more concern among the support that, for whatever reason, that that he's not going to be able to produce for Rangers and. I understand the frustration, I certainly do. While accepting there's nobody going to be more frustrated than Jordan Rossiter, I don't think we can, if you like, factor him in to a... You know the the debates that we have, who's our strongest team when everyone's fit? I don't even consider him in that, to be honest, because you can't.
1: No, you can't. Um, and We've probably not seen enough of him either. Um, you know, I accept that, and we've debated elsewhere about. You know, I, I still believe, and this is based upon nothing more than faith, if I'm honest. You know, it's it's, it's very, it's, it's got very little rationality behind it. I still believe, come the start of next season, Jordan Ross will be an option for us. But I I know that you know it's a it's a total leap of faith argument. It's not it's not based upon anything at all. Um, his latest injury is just one of those ones poor timing for him is coincidental with it being a knock during the game I watched the highlights of that one actually that he played in and I'm not sure the pitch looked the best either you know looking at Mm. it was a bit of a strange camera angle it was hard to tell but maybe it wasn't the sort of game that you know someone of his injury history should have been playing in but you know he needs to start somewhere Uh, I still think you know coming to next season he'll be an option for us I hope I'm right But I do understand the frustrations of everybody who think, you know, let's just cut our losses. It's not as simple as that, obviously, but I do understand that side of the argument as well.
0: Yeah, and I think people i have seen a few things like, oh, we should sell him. Who's going to buy him? It's not an option. You know, you you can't sell a guy who hasn't played in two years. No one's going to buy him. Your option is to tear up his contract, and tear up his contract means pay him. Um, It's also not a great look for a football team to... If you like pay off an injured player, that's the kind of thing that makes future transfer dealing quite difficult.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, you know there seems to be. I, I get it. he's not contributing, uh, and he will be more frustrated about that than anyone, uh, as you pointed out. So you know I get that side of it, but we've offered the we've offered them a four year contract, and we did that, full, not full in the knowledge, but certainly with some knowledge, of them having an injury history before we signed them. Absolutely. Which, I mean you we
0: could argue. Y- club, yeah, player. you can argue we, we don't get him if you know if, if he doesn't
1: have that. Yeah. Guaranteed, yeah. Um given, given his potential, you know, I think that would have been a, pretty much a certainty Liverpool were offering him a contract, but you know, he felt he needed to move. But I think he would have got you know, he would if he would have maybe been given a bit more by Liverpool if they were a bit more confident in, you know, his fitness, etc. And he would have stayed, most likely. So so yeah, we've taken a punt on him and I get it, it's not worked out. I understand that, but you're right. It would be a little bit callous for the club to just say, ah, "Sorry, Jordan. See you later." I know we gave you four years, but you know it's really not working out for us. See you later on. It would be a, it wouldn't look great. You're right. It would be a bit, just a bit harsh. And I get, as I say, I get the frustrations. I understand that, but I'd rather let's be honest here paying him off or, or, or such like or, or trying to sell him, we're not getting anywhere with that, that's not going to give us anything uh, pay off, we're going to have to pretty much pay all his wages anyway we'd pay yeah. as well, just try to keep you know, try to keep working with him, because I, I can guarantee he'll be determined You know, if he does get himself fit he will be utterly determined to make up for what we've done for him mm. you know? yeah, totally. he's that sort of character we could end up Kind of working out in a couple of years, you know, if he's if he does get himself uh, to a reasonably uh, consistent fit stage.
0: No, absolutely, and, and as you say, because your options are pay him off, in which case you just spend all the money that you'd have anyway, and don't have access to him if he gets fit, or keep him, and it is a gamble. It's well, it's not a gamble because you're committed to it anyway. Um, I I just don't see the point of of, of letting him go, but. You know, time will tell on that. At the other end of, uh, if you like, maybe career scales, Alex, um, news uh, rumours breaking tonight uh, that Rangers are have had talks, preliminary talks, with Stephen Davis' representatives about a possible move back. Uh, Stephen Davis, uh, who of course has done very well at Southampton but seems to be out of favour currently with uh, their current manager I'm not sure for how much longer uh, he will be their manager given the form but um, some preliminary talks with Rocksport Radio reporting but suggesting that Graham Murray would prefer to go a more youthful route what are your thoughts on a potential return for Stephen Davis?
1: I'm torn on this one, if I'm honest because, you know, the initial reaction, a lot like yourself and most other Rangers fans, is to think, yes, get him back now. Stephen Davis will clearly become the best player in our club and potentially the best player in the league. Uh, I can't believe he's not getting a game at Southampton because he looked like one of their best players in recent times, you know. Even at 32, he's still got... I think he's probably a better player than he was when he, when he left Rangers. I think
0: he absolutely is a better player than he was when he left Rangers.
1: Even at his age, I think he's a better player now. Uh, But then there's the other side of me where I have to accept biting the bullet here because I've made this argument that it thinks, well, you know, from from a longer-term perspective and from Graeme Murphy's perspective, if we're looking to build something and it's going to be a five-year project, is Davis going to give us five years? Potentially, but... We don't know.
0: But, but Alex, do you need everyone to give you five years in a five-year project?
1: No, you don't. You don't. You're right. And, you know, if he came in for two or three years and Greg Dockery got to play next to him and became, you know, or worked, worked out how to become almost as good a player, then uh, yeah, it's been well worth it then, isn't it, yeah. um, for longer term? As I say, I'm slightly torn just because I do like the strategy that seems to be in place at the moment. And you know, I was sort of, I was that we knocked back Smith to sign Jason Cummings, for example.
0: No, so was I. Um, so was I.
1: Yeah, and I think that Smith would have been the more impactful and better player in the short term. Um, as much as I like the look of Cummings, I think that you know Smith has the ability and experience to have to have done more, you know, straight away and in, in the short term, but. But well, I was quite happy that Rangers went down the more euphoric route and, and looked to do that. They don't have to do that with every transfer, I accept that. It wouldn't work with every transfer. and Bringing in someone like Davis with his experience and ability certainly does excite a little bit. It's just then when everybody's fit, does he hold back the development of, of Greg Dockery, for example, because you know he plays next to Dorans and Dockery's on the bench all the time or... You know, that's the only bit I'm torn about, but from that, a purely footballing perspective, I probably would say, yeah, get them in.
0: That's an interesting one, but I think it's always about balance. That I don't want to sign in six 33 year olds in the summer, absolutely, because you're right, we can say, well, we need to win games. My argument is often, well, we need to, it's all right planning for the future, but we don't need to win games now. But you you have your short, medium term, long term projects if you like and players fit into those categories. So but in the same way that I wouldn't want to sign in five twenty year olds either. You have yeah. to have a balance, you have to have a mix. The reason now I've sat on this show for eight years and said I don't like when we go back and sign players because it it's such a, a comfort blanket for us. I think, especially given what we've been through, and I do think that we as a support have a tendency to romanticize the past and players get better through the lens of time. Um, the reason that I I I think people are so keen currently, every ex-player we seem to be linked with, there's this clamour for, it and it, it's because it reminds them of better times. You know, this this was our last championship-winning team, yeah. um. So I can understand that, and normally I'm against it because my view is Naismith fell into this category. You're he's not going to be as good because we're not getting the player that we remember, i.e. the player we think we're getting. So he's going to disappoint. He can't not, it's just not possible for him not to, because he's not going to be that Stephen that Naismith, uh, as well as obviously the whole kind of Judas thing, um, which we, we've yeah. done to death on here, so I won't go into it again, but Davis is different to me because exactly... I would agree with you. He is a better player now. He's a better leader now. He plays a different way than he did with Rangers. A lot of that timidity, which I think held him back from being, if you like, an absolute superstar in this league, has gone. And he carries himself now like a seasoned EPL midfielder, which is exactly what he is. I also think that, let's be honest, a player of his quality is not available to us unless there is this previous connection or he's a supporter and he wants to or feels has some unfinished business and that's my that's my argument for bringing him back if it's possible i don't believe we can get a player of his equivalent ability cuz we're not signing somebody for the epl alex a first a first choice or somebody who should be a first choice it's not going to happen so for me I think you make an exception. And you're right, it might hold back Greg Docherty, but if Greg Docherty's good enough, he'll get in the side. And he will progress. And I don't think it'll be a case of Davis keeping him out the side. I think we need guys, we have a lot of really good youngsters, and I'm excited by them, but you still need a bit of ballast with that. You still need some guys that have experience. You don't need ten of them the way Ali thought. But I think one or two doesn't do you any harm.
1: That's all fair. Yeah, as, as I say, I was only slightly told him. I Um really, you know, some. Like Alex sitting in his Davis
0: Northern Ireland top right now, going, "I'm told." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: something like that. No, I would have. Uh, yes, I think you're right. You're absolutely right in terms of, in terms of quality. He would clearly be the absolute maximum we can get in any realistic way because of his previous connections. And he probably does see a move up here as a little bit of unfinished business after the way everything went. He probably, he said himself, if, if things hadn't went as they did, there was a good chance it'd still be at Rangers. Uh, he said that in the past. So, yeah, you're right. In that. And in that respect, I sort of defended the Bruno Alves signing in that respect as well. You know, just getting a top-class player here who... You know, we normally wouldn't be able to get, so let's take advantage of it while we can. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not even playing devil's advocate. I'm, I'm just biting about it. as such, you know, when when I I know that I can't argue, or I can't really strongly argue against signing, you know, Nae because we could go and get Cummings and, and then say, but let's go and get Davis. But you're right. I think it's you a can situation. Yeah, I, situation. I know.
0: I think you can if you'd ask me. At the start of the window you could have Cummings or Naismith, I'd have said Cummings. Um I'll be honest, if you'd said to me you can have Davis or Doherty, I'd have said Davis. Um I think we can judge each one by its its individual merits. And if you can have both, then that would be absolutely ideal. Yeah. And, um but time will tell, as I say, that that that's these are just rumors at the moment. We have a match on Sunday Alex, which is, is the main reason that we're here to tonight, of course, where we go to Hamilton and first things first, uh, that surface. I would rate it as not as bad as Kilmarnock's, but that's about the best thing I can say about it.
1: It's it by faint praise, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Um, no, it's not, it's not ideal. Um, unfortunately, it's just the nature of Scottish football and one of the realities of it, clubs like that, at the moment, need that sort of surface for for income. But... But yeah, it's not great. It's better than Kamarnock's. I would say you're, you're right there. And we played well on it earlier in the season. We did. So, so that's a good sign. But yeah, if, if it was a least Scottish we I could afford it. We'd, we'd much rather it was all good grass parks.
0: Definitely. Mm, no, absolutely. Now, um, going there, as you say, Jason Holt suspended. We are a little short in midfield. So I, I would assume that that would mean that Greg Docherty stays in the side. And... Mm. I wonder if that leads to any sort of tactical change. We finished last week with what Graham Murty in his press conference described as a, effectively a 4-3-3. And I wonder if, because of our lack of bodies or options in the middle of the park at the moment, we might see something similar.
1: I think there's only going to be two, two potential options, and that's to start pretty much with the team that started against United. Um, and that sort of diamond midfield shape, or bring Candace back in and get back to the four-two-three-one at the expense of Cummings, probably. Mm. You know,
0: that's the change that's, I can see.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that, and, and, and to be honest, I, I think it's justified in in some ways. Uh, you know, by the way, Candice has been playing of late; he's really been making a big impact in games, and I think that I like Cummings. I hope he absolutely makes it. And I do think that if Murphy's going to play both Cummings and Morelos, he's found the right formation to do it. And at least it needs a bit of work, obviously. But, you know, rather than a four-four-two 4 with Murphy in on one side and uh, Candace on the other, you'd get swamped a bit in the middle of the park. He's found the right system for for two players like that. But uh, I just suspect he's going to get back to that kind of 4-2-3-1. That he, he, he seemed, I think he prefers it, in truth.
0: Yes yeah, so today I. I, I absolutely agree. I think that all things being equal if he can if he can pick a side then he'll go you're right with that 4231 I think that's his his ideal formation uh, obviously personnel allowing. Now we have seen if you like almost the best and the worst of Rangers against Hamilton this season. Um a really good 4-1 victory. Uh, at New Douglas Park, the last time we were there, um, sh- shocking start. But after that, Rangers played really well um, and put the game away before half time. Really, and so much so, were comfortable enough to play most of the second half uh, with ten men. After uh, Ryan Jack actually received a justified uh, yeah, sending off, it, it's a it,
1: real thing. Yeah, that. it
0: was. It shocked us all. Um, but the team then got a penalty, went four one up, and uh, were able to see it out fairly comfortably. But I do remember of course the 2-0 defeat at Ibrox which is in a season littered with bad performances that uh, either that or St Johnston or the Nadir for me Alex uh, it was um, a poor result but what I would say is it wasn't that poor a performance because we missed a hat full of chances so I, I maybe should say it was a Nadir in terms of results. But that performance compared to, say, St Johnston was significantly better up until having missed all these chances, they scored and we shot ourselves.
1: The most frustrating part of the Hamilton one was the way that the team crumbled at 1 nil down because we were playing good football. Um, and yeah, we missed an absolute hat, hat full of chances, and that's part of the game. You've got to be criticised when that happens. But we were playing nice stuff, we were creating plenty of chances. The minute we went 1-0 down, and if you remember, it was a a howling mistake, obviously, by McCrory, the whole team seemed to absolutely panic. Yes. And it all became long balls and just aimless, absolutely aimless. Uh, And we just abandoned what had been dominating the game for us. One of my pet hates,
0: one of my Rangers' pet hates that you're playing a certain way and getting success, something goes against you and you stop doing the thing that was getting you success. You know? Yeah. If Rangers keep playing the way they'd been playing before that Hamilton goal, we win that match, but you're absolutely right, they panicked, immediately went to long ball. Circumstances, of course, though, maybe, playing a part, it was in the middle of a bad run, the fans were unhappy with, you know, the uh, the, the fact that we hadn't replaced the manager at the time and still got the same manager now, I suppose, but... Um, I don't think the team would do that now. I
1: think there's a few stronger characters in there. Um, you know, the likes of Russell Martin, for example, and, and Jamie Murphy, uh, they don't look like the sort who, who panic under that sort of pressure. In fact, um, like like a lot of the, the Patreon listeners, I, I thought Jamie Murphy was our best player against Hibs. And, and that was a game where, you know, we were chasing it from 1 0 down. Uh, we we only equalised with you know the equivalent of 90 seconds, uh, and I thought he showed a really good attitude and played quite well. And he, you know, that's the sort of thing, the sort of positive you could take from that. You know, looking at someone and saying, well, he wasn't just panicking in that game; he was trying to play his, his game. Um, and I think Russell Martin's kind of similar. He's he's not the type to to get too wound up. So I think you're right. I think and the team's a bit more confident in general right now. So yeah, I think you're right. If if it was a bit of a setback, they wouldn't be quite as as bad. It just That was his biggest disappointment that day. Mm. If we played the same way, just kept missing chances and lost 2-0, yeah, you'd have been annoyed because it's 2-0 at Hamilton at home. That's a pretty poor result. But I, I wouldn't have felt half as... half as... Uh, angered, let's say, by it. You know? Yeah. It was just going one nil down and then seeing the absolute capitulation was just... You know, uh, it really, really was disappointing and if it wasn't for just how bad we were the entire game against St. Johnson that probably would be one of the worst performances of the season but the St. Johnson game was abject anyway yeah. even though we were one up Yeah we, we scored a the goal then and, and we stopped
0: <laughs> as opposed to the opposition stopping us that day so no I'd, I'd agree with that um, I, I can see it as you say I, I see a team being very similar to the one that played against um Thistle although I would see um, Morelos starting and Candace. As you say, coming back with Doherty, maybe filling in for Holt um, on the side. Now, Sean Goss, I thought, had an absolutely terrific performance. Was against their United, and we have to qualify that, and it's only fair to do it. But if you're hitting good, accurate passes, it's because you can hit a good, accurate pass. Now, you would accept, expect him not to get as much time on the ball in a match like this. But he looks the type of guy to me who can find that wee extra half-second Alex that allows him time to pick out a pass.
1: He's very adept to that, yeah, he's very, very good at just finding the space, even if it needs to be deep, you know, even if it needs to drop to, to level with the centre-halves or such, like, it gets him a bad time and space in the ball. You qualified it by saying it was only at United. I would further, further back your view up by saying that that was a horrendous pitch and the wind was affecting the game hugely, yet here was a guy who was unflustered by his touch, pinging the ball about like it was no problem at mm. all.
0: Um, that's a really you know, good I mean, point. The weather was horrific. The, the wind did have an and It was a potato field, you know. You 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 couldn't sit and make lovely crisp wee three yard passes on it because exactly, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't and he it. still
1: looked like an absolute player. That's you know that's a good sign. So um, so yeah, you're right. you won't get as much time and space on this one, but it'll be interesting to see his range of passing on one of those pitches where the ball doesn't skip away quite as much if the pitch is a little dry, Mm. you know? Uh, It'll hold up a little bit more on the bounce when Mm. he plays one over the top. Um, That could be, you know, something that we'll look to exploit when he runs from Windass, from a little deeper and stuff. You know, to have have that ball coming over and it's not going to quite skip away as much um, as long as it's not absolutely scalping the rain (laughs) on Sunday, which is,
0: you know... A distinct possibility, (laughs) yes, of course. Now... Looking around the uh, the team at the moment, we we are playing with a bit more confidence. We were able to take a setback last week and not panic um, and go in and, and play better. Hamilton are a tough t- a tough team to really predict because they are one of these sides who are capable of some re- very good performances. Uh, they've shown against us, in fact, this season Capable of some very good, resilient performances Where they play some nice stuff They have a couple of decent players David Templeton, of course, formerly of this parish um, being, being one of them, that can create stuff for them And they have other days where they look like they've never met
1: I thought the game that, you know, we played them there Earlier in the season, the 4-1 game After they we went one the up it was that spell where we started battering them And you're right, they looked as though they were terrible They were absolutely terrible At the back especially um, And then they come to Ibrooks And you know do that in the second half They are a strange team You're right It's difficult to actually predict How they're going to start as well A big factor we, We've now got their best player Or who was their best player I should say uh, and Greg Dockery uh, That's going to be a bit of a factor uh, In the way that the rest of their season goes In truth you know Hamilton fans would have been pretty gutted To lose him When they're in the middle of a relegation fight that may have an impact upon those good performances that you're talking about. You know, yeah. I think they're on a bad losing run at the moment. I'm not too sure. I think it's, I think the last few games at least have been defeats in the league. Um, I think it's last the, four or five or something like that.
0: I think it's them or, or Ross County. If I was to have to pick someone at this point, I would say that have that kind of trend at the moment. And I think Dundee yeah. have enough about them to get out of it. And I, yeah. I do I worry for both Hamilton and Ross County that I don't really see where the guys to dig the performances and the results out for them are. Um, in much the same way we spoke earlier about Jordan Ossett, or David Templeton, although capable of, of some excellent performances on occasion, isn't a guy you can rely on. Um, he may do it certain big matches, of course, but You know, he's never been a player his whole career that you could pin your hopes on, and that's why he's at Hamilton, of course. You know, that injury problems as well. So, they are a tough side to predict. And with that, Alex, I'm going to ask you to predict how do you see it going? Um, I actually think it
1: will be a a little bit similar to the Partick game. We'll win 2 0 again, and it'll be you know, pretty good. Actually, I thought the second half against Partick was pretty good. It'll be a you know, similar to that, a slightly slow start. We'll you know, be the better team and we'll win the game 2 0, and what will be described as a professional performance afterwards.
0: Well, I would certainly take it. I'm a wee bit more optimistic. I would say we're going to win 3 1.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Um, I think we do. I think at the moment we look like a team who are playing with a little bit of confidence. The Hibs last 15 minutes aside, I think they look settled. And there's no reason for Rangers to go into this match. On a pitch that, okay, we don't like, but it it shouldn't hold any psychological fears after rattling four past this same opposition. As you say, a slightly weaker version of this opposition. And us, I would say a much, maybe not much, but certainly a a stronger, more cohesive unit than we were on that occasion. So I'm fairly confident
1: that that we're going to go there. I'm going to go for for 3-1 on that one. Nice. Uh, Just one little subplot worth mentioning. that I think would be... Interesting And I I don't like To focus on this stuff Too much But I will be Very curious to hear The Hamilton fans Reaction to Greg Dockery Who I think Is an absolute Stick on to start As you mentioned Uh, Because if it was Any other club uh, Having him Having signed for Rangers Any other team in the league You'd expect him To get booed out of the building But Hamilton Seem to be You just have a Completely different attitude At the club And I just I'll be curious to see If that's rubbed off On the fans You know
0: I think he might get Some Because You know society we live in there's always a few who like to indulge in that sort of thing Um, I I agree with you I think overall that people can see that here was a kid they brought through he did you know he did his best for them he got a move to his the the club he supports I don't think that they will or even if they do I think it might be the kind of 90 minute pantomime villain stuff I don't see it having the kind of viciousness that we've seen before I mean I remember Lee McCulloch at Motherwell and I mean it was years after Lee McCulloch had left and the vitriol that dripped on him from the stands was was bizarre whereas I, I, yeah, they might give him the a bit of the boo treatment but I really I'm like you I don't see them getting on his case severely I, I don't know what that we don't do it <laughs> you know I don't, I don't really see what
1: it, what it proves we'll, we'll boo we'll boo ex-players or, or guys who have pissed us off but you know there's times we'll have complete banners up for someone when they're coming. I mean we've done that for Lee McCogg recently, uh, when he was obviously manager of Comarnock there and things like that. Um we we tend to criticise our players well they're with us, not after them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Back to that
0: romance thing again. You're right. Yeah. You're right. We we tend to give them a aye, uh, you're more likely to get <laughs> to get abused when you're coming you're wearing that Angel's rather than you're lining up against us. Um although Naismith will be interesting.
1: <laughs> well, I think uh, the reactions to Whitaker, Who you know hasn't played that often against us To be honest um, The reactions to Whitaker, I think you could add a fair multiplier to that For when Naismith shows up I don't imagine that's going to go down well at all
0: No, no I don't see it Okay folks, thank you very much for listening If you want to hear more from us Of course there's loads of content over on our subscription site Which is at patreon.com P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com Forward slash Harp This weekend we have an interview with Clint Hill coming up uh, done by our boy Cammie. So very much uh, looking forward to getting that up. But there's loads and loads of other content there. There's so much you couldn't shake a stick at it. Um, but if not, we'll be back on Monday with a full review of the Hamilton game. So all that it remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. To thank my guest, uh, the lovely Mr. Alex Staff.
1: Always a pleasure, David. Thank you.
0: And to thank you all for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Till then, take care. Bye. Podcast Network.